This episode of UK Low Carb Podcast is sponsored by Deliciously Guilt Free. Enjoy the show. This is a small part of the main show where we focus on a talk presented by Nina Teicholtz. I'm going to move on now. And that's to our last speaker this evening, uh, this morning or this afternoon. And that, of course, is Nina Teicholtz. She's a New York Times bestselling author with her book, The Big Fat Surprise. Nina is a science journalist, uh, speaker and researcher. She's also the director of the Nutrition Coalition, a nonprofit group that promotes evidence-based nutrition policy. Welcome, Nina, to the show. Hi, thank you so much. It's great to, great have you to here. be here. And um, and I love the fact that you look, you're so beautifully lit up this evening. Um, I don't know if you've invested <laughs> in a... a joke. <laughs> yeah, I invested in a light ring, but no stand. So it's like teetering on it with a bunch of books around it. So it might fall over at any moment. As long as you don't say, um, nobody would know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't matter because now I'm speaking to all the insomniacs in, in England, at least, or <laughs> in Europe. Um Okay, so, I was going to make you the big screen, and then I just want to talk about your paper today. So you are talking about this paper here, which is Saturated Fats and Health, a reassessment and proposal for food-based recommendations. Uh, right. I can pronounce everything in that one, unlike Amber's, so there you go. I feel very happy. So, um, yes, over to you, Nina Teicholtz. Okay, thank you. Um, well, I'm presenting this paper, uh, which is um, – it was published in the Journal of the American College of Cardiology, which is a very prestigious journal that cardiologists um, read and and others. And um, and it was called a state of the art review on saturated fats. And I think what is extremely notable about this paper is that the authors include um, four. Uh, professors um, who had been members of the U.S. Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee. So those are the people that actually make the um, the nutrition their, our national nutrition policy, and and there's a new committee every five years to review the latest evidence. And these are people who are saying, you know, we we got it wrong on saturated fats. Um, so it, it's a very sort of high level paper in a very uh, in an excellent journal, and it came out in 2020. And at the end of the year, the editor-in-chief of that journal selected it as one of the top five papers of that year. Um, so it really is quite a notable paper because although there have been numerous um, scholars really around the world, journalists like myself um, in my book, um, and others saying that they don't believe the evidence for saturated fats um, to support caps, continued caps on saturated fats. They don't believe the evidence has ever been strong. This is a really high-level paper coming to that same conclusion. And I'll just read you the exact conclusion that it comes to, which is um, taking together the evidence from both cohort studies, so that's epidemiological studies that show association, and randomized trials, which, which is the more rigorous kind of evidence, does not support the assertion that further restriction of dietary saturated fat will reduce clinical events, meaning heart attacks um, or any kind of cardiovascular, uh, uh, any kind of event uh, due to coronary heart disease. So that's pretty striking um, coming from this group of people. Um, and so I want to explain, like, I know that many people know this, but I, I sort of just wanted to explain what is the history coming up to this paper we know this is an important paper that came out in 2020. And why is it that we still have 
in every country in the world, um, caps unsaturated fats. If, if there is such a paper at such a high level. Um, so as many people know, the idea that saturated fats and dietary cholesterol cause heart disease goes back to Ansel Keys, um, a physiologist from the university of Minnesota who proposed, he was the main, um, academic to propose this in the, uh, late 1950s. And then the American Heart Association was the first organization anywhere in the world to sort of formalize this hypothesis and tell the public that the best way to avoid getting a, a heart disease was to avoid foods that contain saturated fat and dietary cholesterol, which on a practical level meant cutting back on meat and cheese and butter um, and coconut oil, or if you live in, in Asian countries or came from an Asian background which is the primary fat um, used in, in some of those countries. So, and, and, uh, and so what happened was that, you know, even at the time this heart association recommendation came out in 1961, there were, ve there was very little evidence for this idea. And so what happened is, is that um, governments all over the world undertook randomized controlled clinical trials to test this idea. You know, they literally put thousands of people. It's thought that more than 75,000 people were tested in the 1960s and 70s on this idea that does, you know, the question, does saturated fat and cholesterol cause heart disease? So they literally would take groups of people. Many of these experiments happened in, in mental institutions, the kind of experiment you can't do today because it's considered unethical. But um, but they can they were ideal because they could control what people were eating inside of an institutional setting that was relatively stable, not perfectly stable in some of these experiments. And they gave half, you know, their experimental group would have soy filled cheese, soy filled milk, whatever the equivalent of the, um, you know, the impossible burger was in those days. And, um, and the, the control group would get the, the regular diet that whatever they consider the regular diet, real meat, real cheese, real milk. So, um, and these studies on the whole did not support the diet heart hypothesis, which is to say that they really did not show that the people on the soy filled cheese and soy filled milk and all of that, uh, they did not suffer reduced rates of death from heart disease. I mean, this was a pretty universal finding, but, um, all because there was such a strong bias in favor of the diet heart hypothesis, most of those findings were sort of ignored or suppressed or misinterpreted or just they just kind of got twisted in um, and they they really didn't become they, they just sort of fell out of the scientific literature and were not cited. Um, this is something that I write about in my book if you want to read more about it. Um, but I think so what has happened is that since 2010, so really the last decade, uh, their universe, academics all over the world have gone back to those original cl clinical trials, those sort of lost clinical trials. And that is because they found out about them due to my work, due to the work of Gary Taubes and others. The first uh, set of papers came out by Ronald M. Krauss, um, at UC now at UCSF. And these papers kind of uh, you know, dug up the clinical trial evidence and said, well, what, you know, what is with the story here? We have so much really good rigorous data and what is the, you know, what were the findings and what they have found there's now more than 20 review papers um, looking at the clinical trial evidence, also the observational or epidemiological data. And these papers have, have nearly universally concluded 
that, um, well, they've universally concluded that saturated fats have no effect on cardiovascular mortality. That means dying from heart disease or total mortality. That means dying from any, any cause. And most of the papers have concluded that, um, that, that saturated fats have no effect on cardiovascular event events, which are like heart attacks, myocardial infarction. So the, you know, the, this evidence from the last decade, this kind of reevaluation of, of the evidence on saturated fats has really been a sea change in our understanding on saturated fats. Um, it's a huge body of review papers that have gone back and reconsidered saturated fats. And they've looked at, you know, some of the, the questions that people have about saturated fats. Well, don't saturated fats raise your LDL cholesterol, which is the so-called, you know, bad cholesterol, which can be disputed. But but um, and and this paper this in in um, uh, deals with that you know that issue. Well, uh, and what what should we think about the fact that saturated fat raises LDL cholesterol? And basically, one of the answers, uh, without going into too much detail right now, but one of the answers is that lowering your LDL cholesterol through diet by changing your food has not been shown has reliably not been shown to reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease compared to, um, and this is, this is, uh, you know, a comparison that's been made where it does seem to be that, you know, taking a statin, this is also disputed, but it's, it's generally accepted that taking a statin or taking a, some kind of um, medication that lowers your LDL will lower your rate of cardiovascular events, but that cannot be translated into lowering your LDL using a food intervention, a dietary intervention. Um, and it also turns out that saturated fat lowers something, uh, the kind of LDL, you know, LDL comes in various varieties. There are different types of LDL and saturated fat does not negatively affect the type of LDL that is thought to be most um, atherogenic, meaning most likely to cause heart disease. So, um, so I think that, um, and another thing that I love about this paper is that it, it acknowledges sort of the historical role that foods containing saturated fats have had in, in human evolution. That is something that, um, in general, the nutritional community is sort of <laughs> averse to looking, or the, the high-level nutrition community is averse to looking at sort of historically how humans have evolved, exactly the kind of evidence that Amber talked about. But this paper really does talk about that, which um, is wonderful to see because um, I think it's it's just so highly relevant. Anyway, let me address this just one question, which is why is it that dietary guidelines around the world still have these caps on saturated fats. Um, this paper came out. It was um, hand-delivered to the, the dietary guideline expert committee that was reviewing all the data for the most current set of guidelines. This paper was submitted as a formal public comment. It, the authors of this paper went to talk to high-level officials in the government agencies that oversee the dietary guidelines, um, and it was ignored. And in fact, all those 20 papers reviewing uh, the data on saturated fats from the last decade were all ignored. Um, and so what we have is a situation where uh, we have a very entrenched idea, a kind of dogma about saturated fats. It's been around for 60 years. And um, even though there's a tremendous amount of science to the contrary now, uh, I, feel, I think that it's um, we're basically in a situation where the science is just, it's until it can be 
actually heard by the proper officials in government agencies. Um, even when people come knocking on the door and hand it to them, <laughs> it's still the case that, um, that we're just living with these antiquated, outdated um, dietary guidelines that are, um, that are, you know, actively causing harm, I think it's fair to say. And just to relate that statement to Richard's presentation, it's so clear, right, that in his presentation that people with metabolic disease, in that case, type 2 diabetes, they need a different diet. They, their body works differently than people who, uh, who are, are of kind of regular good health. And so we cannot have, continue to have a, a set of dietary guidelines that's a one-size-fits-all, and that is based on um, outdated science. So um, I'll just mention one final thing, which is there is another paper that came out in the journal Nutrients, where I'm an author, and it includes um, a, a number of other authors, some of whom were participated in this JACC paper that I just talked about. And that paper actually takes an in-depth look at all the science that the this most recent Dietary Guideline Advisory Committee did look into. It lists all the studies and shows that their, their own review... 85% of the studies did not find an association between saturated fat at any kind of um, negative outcome for heart disease. And yet they still concluded that saturated fat causes heart disease. So there were, um, I think it's fair to say, sort of betraying their own evidence. Uh, and it turns out that saturated fats has consistently shown to be associated with a, a lower rate of stroke. In other words, eating more saturated fats uh, would be preventative against stroke. So I, I think we're a little bit in the twilight zone when it comes to saturated fats, but um, the evidence continues to mount and, and scientists continue to, um, to, to speak out, I think, um, on the other side of the issue. And so I, I, you know, I hope that we'll eventually see guidelines that reflect the science. And that's all. <laughs> wow. That's all as if that was nothing. That's incredible. Okay, there you go. Blown away there. Um, I just I just want to share something because I was reading your paper today and I've, I've, I've done my highlighting. And um, oh, this, this, this part in particular I like because it relates to the UK. So 195,658 participants were on a 10.6-year study. No evidence of saturated fat causing cardiovascular disease, but polyunsaturated fat that was a link to cardiovascular disease. Now, that, that, that that's amazing evidence. I mean, you know, take that paradigm. What are you going to say to that? So my question, I suppose, is with that kind of evidence, why on earth is it being ignored? That is that I know you raised that, but I just I just want to ask, what do you think is going on? Well, the answer to that is complicated. I think there's various forces at work here. There are people who've devoted their whole careers to showing that saturated fat is bad for health. The, in fact, the head of the subcommittee reviewing saturated fats for this most recent dietary guidelines was um, a professor named Linda Van Horn, who's literally spent the last 50 years of her life trying to show that saturated fats are bad for health and worked with Jeremiah Stamler, who was a close colleague of Ansel Keys. So you, what you have here are you know, really strong intellectual conflicts of interest. Um, and then it's, I think it's undeniable that the food industry plays a role here because the, because polyunsaturated vegetable oils, which you, is what you eat when you replace saturated fats, they're sort of the backbone of the food industry and they're huge companies involved here. We're talking Bungie, ADM, Monsanto, Unilever, Cargill. I mean, they're just gigantic companies that rely on these cheap fats and, um, 
I know from some of my reporting that these companies are, you know, are fund nutrition scientists have close relationships with the government U.S. agencies that are um, involved in the guidelines. So I think that we, there's a lot of vested interests involved in in maintaining the existing status quo. Yeah. And that's exactly it. The status quo is, is a very convenient thing, like you say. I totally agree. Um, would anyone else like to come in there uh, to either make a point or ask uh, Nina a question or anything at all about her paper? Go for it, Richard. Uh, so um, I was at a conference in Zurich. Nina was there as well. Uh, it was an awesome conference. And I remember the, the editor of the, uh, the BMJ uh, so, so there was a presentation by Darius Mozafarian and Salim Youssef, and Salim was talking about the the Pure study, which showed that there was no association between uh, saturated fat and cardiovascular disease. And I asked him a question about well, why why is that still the dogma? And Darius Mozafarian jumped in front of the bullet, and he said, "There's been 19, 19 randomised criti- uh, clinical trials testing this hypothesis, and it's never it's never turned out." Everyone, no, nobody should be shocked that saturated fat has no um, uh, no association with uh, cardiovascular disease incidence. And Fiona Godley, the the editor of the British Medical Journal, said after that, she said, "Well, I think we can come out of this conference with two clear agreements that um, diabetes can be reversed, which is now dogma, and that saturated fat doesn't cause heart disease." And there's still Nothing happened. This was three years ago, Nina. It was just yeah. I don't. Know. I mean, I don't just say that. I mean, it's. She actually said, uh, "I think we owe a big apology. We got it wrong on saturated yeah, she, fats." She yeah. was quite. She was quite. <laughs> it was a shocking comment, but um, yeah. but uh, I think there's just there's just a, a lot at stake. I mean, it's interesting. You know, Dariush Mozafarian himself has has different conflicting interests. He was on the scientific advisor of Unilever, which was then right. and the largest manufacturer of polyunsaturated vegetable oils in the world. I mean, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of vested interests. And, 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 you know, one of, I mean, I could talk about this all night. I'm not going to do that, but there, there are, there are, there are enormous interests like the animal rights um, groups, which are, who are very, very well funded and they don't want people switching to saturated they don't want to lift the caps on saturated fats because that is essentially a sort of rate limiting factor on how much animal foods people eat so um they don't want them eating more dairy and they don't want them eating more meat um and and that's a very active group and we all know we live in a sort of a a world that it favors plant-based foods now heavily so anything that that is about going back to animal fats (laughs) is um no, there's just many forces lined up against it. Um, so, so, and I don't so know. I just don't know. I, it is. It is. It's religion and financial interests, which are just. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know where. I mean, I think it's going to be hard to change that because I mean, who are the lobbies that would favor saturated fats? There. I mean, they're, you know, the meat and dairy industries, which, which, um, you know, are are not too popular. (laughs) Um, So it's, yeah, it's, it's a really difficult thing. Um, But I think, you know, the tragedy is just that I want to say, and and the, the health tragedy is that 
that people are not able to eat the foods that contain the micronutrient, all the micronutrients that are needed for human. You're, and, and, and this is especially tragic because our dietary guidelines controls what goes in school lunches and feeding programs for, you know, women and their infant children and elderly and all of this. So if they're not allowed, if there's a 10% cap on saturated fats, which there is now 10% of calories, so they're just not allowed. You know, they can't, they not, they can't get regular cheese. They can't get, um, they definitely can't get meat, um, or very little of it. And, you know, meat is red meat, especially as a source, as you all know, of, of bioavailable iron and, and other really important nutrients that are hard to get elsewhere, or you can't get them, absorb them as readily from plants. So it's, it is like an active tragedy that we cannot get our guidelines to reflect the science because it, it really translates into poorer diets for humans. It's going to be fascinating with the sort of view of history, I think, because history will look back on it, on this generation. It will have its say, just like we have our say in previous generations. And uh, and it'd be very interesting to see the kind of the impact that happens on society with the plant-based diet. So, you know, I just think about the mental health potential problems that could be in the future. We don't know about the impact of things like cancer. Certainly there's a link with sugar, isn't there, with things like cancer. Uh, there's so many things that could be the start of a, another pandemic of, of ill health that we don't even know about yet. And and history looking back on this will be very interesting. Well, maybe we'll just all be too demented at that point to even know what's gone, what's gone wrong. We won't be, especially not Amber. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. I was going to go to Amber now because I think you want to come in there and ask something. Oh, yes. Well, the point I was going to raise is actually exactly the one that Nina herself raised, which is, that if you, even though plants can be a source of saturated fat, the the only remaining nutritional argument against eating meat is the the saturated fat one. And if they lift that, then then that I, there's no more reason not to eat meat. Then uh, that is nutritional that they can fall back on. And I think that may be a, a primary sticking point. Um, I think you're right, Amber. I mean, and, and I think, uh, and yeah, I mean, I think you're right. And, and as the science for saturated fats started crumbling, you could see the, the rise of other reasons not to eat meat, um, which we won't get into here, but, um, you know, for a long time, it, it's been saturated fats. So, uh, it's going to be a hard one to crack. Yeah, for sure. But okay. I want to say, but I want to say to end on a positive note that the reason I shared this paper is that it's the Journal of the American College of Cardiologists. Those are cardiologists. They were the first people to say, "Don't eat, don't eat saturated fat for heart disease." And if they are start to be convinced and understand that changes in the diet, you know, it doesn't. It's it's not like they can still prescribe pharmaceuticals. But the diet part of it can be a different story. I think that um, I think it's it's possible that that change that community couldn't be a force for positive change. Definitely, definitely. Thank you so optimist. much for that, Nina. That's fantastic. And um, yeah, I, I, there's actually something here, and I, I know we've got some comments to go to in a moment. But just about the articles themselves, there's been real strong links between them, haven't there? Um, but very different angles, which I think is really important. And 
if there's anything that I think I've noticed, and I'm I, okay, just for those people who are watching right now, um, you don't know who I am because I'm not in the same league as these people. I'm the lay person who asks the questions because I don't know and I want to find out. And I think when I speak to specialists sometimes, they very much look at their one area. And like I said before, they have the paradigm which they base everything else on. And I think it's really important to hear these different angles. So you've got the evolutionary angle there, the actual case studies into fat not being dangerous for us, the way the cell works, the way the microbiome works. There's so many different angles and tying it together, you can definitely see a picture which is much bigger than just the sum of its parts. So um, yeah, thank you so much for that paper. Hello, you're still there? Dan here. I can see you're one of the keen ones because you're still listening. So, got a very simple request. Please go and rate and review this podcast now on Apple if you haven't done so already. And I'll read it out next week on the show. So go and do that. Hear about your review next week. Everyone's a winner. Right, I'm going to shoot off now. Take care. Have a lovely week. See you next Friday. Bye.